It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. My name is Tom Scarta. I'm a franchise advisor and coach by day and apparently a podcast host by night. And so I am excited to share information about franchising with you because it personally changed my life and my family's life. And I am passionate about franchising. If you haven't been to my website, thefranchiseacademy.com, check it out. There's all sorts of free download information there. Check out my book, Franchise Savvy. Check out my new course. I have an online course, the A to Z's on how to buy a franchise, everything that you need to know. Check out um, all the episodes on this podcast as well. They're all loaded up on the Franchise Academy, all the previous episodes. Uh, And check us out on every platform out there um, for podcasting. And um, enjoy it, ask questions, and email me if you have any topics that you'd like me to cover on the podcast it's just Tom at the franchiseacademy.com. So today is a great day for me because I have some interesting entrepreneurs that have started a business as a couple and are now franchising it. And kind of everything about this business will rock your world. What I love about it is that it's unsexy. And if you know me or if you listen to any of my podcasts, you know that I spell unsexy M-O-N-E-Y. So it's a great concept that that businesses need and not want, and it's just a great thing. So I have the founders of 1-800-STRIPER with me. You probably never heard of them unless you own businesses that need this kind of service. But they have started this business in um, what I'll call upstate New York, and now they are branching out nationwide. And they just have such a great story about the business and about how they started it. So I want to get them on the podcast to tell their story. So I want to welcome Luke and Heather Manier. Am I saying that correctly? Yes, That's you correct, are. Tom. Thanks All for right. having us. Well, this is great. Um, sprinkled in with my, my Brooklyn accent. I don't know <laughs> if I said it correctly. So, um, but, but thanks for being on, guys. So in, in your own words, um, Luke, tell me a little bit about this concept that you and Heather have started? Well, it's a primarily we do uh, parking lot striping and we started the business back in 1999. And, uh, yep, we had, uh, we got together, we were, we met in high school and we got together and, um, been together ever since. And we started the business when we were 19 years old and we've been striping parking lots ever since. That's so amazing. So, like, when I wake up in the morning and I want to start a business, I really want to start, like, Apple computers. <laughs> Heather, what, what made you get excited about striping? Yeah, well, that's one of those good things about striping is you don't have to have, you know, I, the love for paint or the, the love for machinery or equipment. Um, but I, I would say what gets me excited is the um, systems, the procedures. And um, I've spent a lot of my time in the office admin section of the business. So getting everything with the office, uh, the technology, the the accounting, the software, things like that. So that's really what I've been pretty passionate about and being able to make that efficient and, and run well. So, yeah. 
yeah, you have a passion around kind of the back end of the office. And mm -hmm. what's interesting is I think most people don't realize when you start a business, it's not all about the the product that you um, that you make or the service that you provide, but ninety percent of the business is the back office. If you don't have the back yeah. office straight, you're not going to have a very successful business. So that's true. That's, that's cool. true. Yeah, and your customers and being able to work with them and, and speak to them. So there's there's so many benefits and people that you can serve. Yeah, absolutely. So um, for you, like when you think about back office stuff, what is something that, or one or two things maybe that, that you do that you feel really helps drive the business? Yeah, we, uh, we've, we've got this um, software that I really love because you can take a job from an estimate and, and then move it over to a job and schedule it. And then you can invoice it right from the software. Um, and it also syncs with QuickBooks. So that's, that's a beautiful thing because you're not doing double entry. So I think for, for people, if they're looking, especially if you don't like that back office stuff, we've got it where it makes it easier for you to be able to manage the business and run the business um, as simple as you can. So is that a third party software or did, or did you guys like create it? <laughs> No, it is a third-party software, but I will say in the B2B world, it is difficult to find good software that works for you. So for our business, um, there you could have a customer that has a, um, a like a, a few parking lots. But if you're just using some typical software, you're not able to capture that information for that individual location. So I, I've really, we've really gotten to use this over and over again. And, and the more we dig into it and dive into it, the more I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Luke, for you, um, give us like a synopsis of exactly what the company does. Yeah. So <clears throat> we we offer parking lot striping mostly to the private sector. We're dealing with um, business owners, property managers. Um, we're dealing with also dealing with the uh, contractors, the paving companies, the seal coating companies. Because um, when they repave a parking lot, they've got to have it striped afterwards. So we have a good relationship with uh, with the uh, paving and sealing guys as well. But we're doing a lot with the end users too. Um, you know, grocery stores, plazas, things of that nature. Very cool. So could you also kind of subcontract, you know, for the county and like if they pave the road, or I usually, the way I usually see it working, and this is not my world, so correct me if I'm wrong, but usually the county will subcontract the company to do the paving, the asphalt, the crack ceiling, whatever. And then usually another company comes and does the striping maybe. How does that work? Yeah, we, we, we get involved in some county work and stuff like that, some state jobs. Um, not so much roadways. It's a little bit of a different animal. The equipment's different, and the procedures and the processes and all that are, are a little different for roadway striping than it is for parking lot striping. Um, okay. Yep, so. Yeah, so you just taught me something about that. I didn't realize that there was a difference. Cool. That's a yeah. great thing. My favorite is the uh, the warehouses, the indoor striping, and um, you that like you know some of them would like like Amazon for instance. They want a five S system, so they they want to be able to organize so that any worker can go into their Amazon and be able to look at the floor markings and know exactly what's needed. So for instance, they may put a box around a garbage can and it's got a colored box, and then they'll know they can look at that colored box and say, hey, there's a garbage can missing, and anyone can go and get it. So like to me, back to that systems and organization, I love seeing it played out in our business, um, both both in our corporate business, but also in other businesses as well. 
I would have never thought that. Yeah. You know, I, I assumed that it was, you know, outdoor parking lots. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is really cool. And I, and they probably set up lanes for like the forklift, you know, for safety reasons, I assume. I, I never really thought that through. Very, yeah. Very cool. So as, as, as you guys look for ideal candidates, you know, future partners in your business, um, what's the best background? Do you need somebody who just, you know, loves stripes? <laughs> well, a, a lot of what we do, we're dealing with a lot of business owners and it's a B2B model. So, um, you know, we're dealing with other businesses and other business owners and things like that. And um, so we're looking for people that can communicate well, um, maybe uh, a background in sales and marketing um, as would also be a, a, a would be good. Um, but, but basically it's a lot of, uh, very, you know, relationship driven. So being able to communicate and being able to build relationships with uh, people in your community is I think, um, would be good, uh, traits to have. Um, and we're also looking for people that are, um, hungry, you know, hands on and, uh, I would say hardworking. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys are husband and wife team, do you, do you end up attracting other husband and wife teams to buy the franchise? You know, I think it'll be interesting who we attract. I mean, because I, I know that um, we had talked to quite a few people at the trade show uh, last weekend, and they, they, a lot of the husband and wife teams were pretty excited to be able to see because, like, uh, like I'll handle a lot of the admin, um, and and Luke can handle a lot of the technical and the hands-on and um, a lot of the sales, which I don't prefer. So sometimes you can really um, separate your gifting and be able to to tackle the whole picture and the whole business. That is so true. I think I think you find you will find a lot of husband and wife teams looking for businesses. The thing is, like in my role as a consultant, people don't often think about B2B businesses, which are really sometimes a great fit for someone and they, they don't even know it. Yeah. So um so that's something to always keep in mind is as you're looking for a franchise, keep keep an open mind at all times. And so for you, um, for either one of you guys, actually, how did you come up with the name for the business? Well, for we, we started out in 1999 as United Striping Company. And uh, and, and that, that was our that was our company name for um, almost 15 years. And uh, we I, I used to go to a lot of the industry trade shows and there was always, um, you know, some different variety of 1-800 numbers floating around 1-800, you know, paving and 1-800 ceiling. And I really, I wanted, um, I got turned down to these 1-800 numbers and I saw the value of them and I just instantly, you know, fell in love with them. And I, I just really wanted the best phone number in our industry. And so we, we, you know, we went back and forth and what would that be? You know, 1-800, you know, whatever. And, you know, 1-800 Striper really was the top of the list, number one. And uh, so we went on this, you know, kind of, uh, I went on this journey to get this number, which really seemed like impossible. Um, so I spent about three years working on it. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and, and throughout that three years, you know, the, the, the process of doing all this research on 1-800 vanity phone numbers and doing all this, um, you know, investigative stuff. I, I, there's a common thread, you know, with franchising, you know, with the different, you know, 1-800 got junk and 1-800 flowers and all the 1-800 brands out there. Um, so, you know, 
over that three year time, I, you know, we, we always planned on growing to a national company, but originally I, I think we intended on, um, growing corporately because I had no experience in franchising. I didn't, I, I didn't know it was anything more than the next guy knew about franchising back then. Um, so, you know, but, but after that time frame, once we acquired the phone number, um, it was pretty obvious that we needed to franchise our company. We were going to rebrand as 1-800-STRIPER. We, at the time we had 17 years. Now we've been in business for 23 years, but at the time we were 17 years um, of industry experience. And uh, we, we, we know the business very well. And now we feel like we have the best brand in the world and uh, we're just super excited about it. And Yeah, no question. Um, so you've been a franchise, officially a franchise outfit for five years? No, we started the process. We, um, in, in, you know, it was around, I think it was around uh, 2014, we acquired the phone number. Um, we started rebranding our company. We started tuning up our processes and, and systems and techniques. We worked with um, some companies, uh, some, some world-class um, franchise consultants. And um, Heather could probably speak to more, more of that. Heather, uh, you know, got, um, got her CFE or certified franchise executive, um, diploma or, uh, yeah, certification. Certification. Yeah. Yeah. And that was very exciting for us to be able just to, to be able to learn underneath. I mean, just people in the business who's been doing it for so long. And the surprising part of franchising to me is the amount of people that want to get back. I mean, I, I was shocked. Um, so we had people that were speaking into our lives that, I mean, you've got, you know, top owners of these companies and they're just like talking to you as if, you know, you're just like, their friend. And so we were able to really get some strong direction on how to actually go about doing this. And um, so that's what, you know, as I look back, I think about all the people that have come alongside us and pointed us in the right direction and then kind of going after it. I mean, that's, it's always the way, right? I mean, you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't actually, you know, take the step to make it happen, it's not going to happen, but mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's great. And, and, and I appreciate you saying that because I preach that all the time that franchising is not just the local fast food, but there's, you know, 90 different industries. But behind that, there's this whole great international franchise association behind it with lobbyists in Washington and, and all the stuff that, that you saw as you were going through your CFE. Um, I did my CFE certification like 10 years ago. And just sitting in the classroom with like famous people just about in, in like the franchise world, It's like amazing. And they're sharing openly all the tricks of the trade that that they've gleaned over the years. It's just really an amazing experience. Uh, If if you're into business, it's a way to go. But what made you decide to go franchising instead of just sort of licensing out the name or something like that? Yeah, we talked a little bit about licensing out the name. Um, Here's the big thing, though. The big differentiator for us is the same thing that you see in franchising. And I think that's what's attracted us so much to franchising is we wanted to help people learn how to open up striping companies. Um, It's not something you can go to school for. It is a trade in one sense, but it's not something you can easily get information to. Um, We've just seen over the years, people don't want to share industry secrets or, or knowledge or strategies. And so So we kind of, you know, we've been kind of plodding along with ourselves, which is great. You know, we're racing ourselves and um, playing our own game. And, um, but 
it was something that we really wanted to be able to help assist people. And that's kind of the heart behind why we even want to start franchising. And um, one of the things I'm really looking forward to is, is being able to benchmark with people against our numbers, against each other, um, be able to have conferences to come together to share knowledge and, and um, secrets and tricks of the trade. And, and I'm, I'm excited to see what people are going to bring to this industry too, their ideas and, and their, um, their dreams. So yeah. And that's just a whole nother avenue that people don't understand. They think that you buy a franchise and you're locked into these rules. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's not true. The franchise companies, even McDonald's, that started off with like 12 menu items or whatever it was back 50 years ago. Now they have like 128 menu items. A lot of them came from franchise owners. There's even famous stories about the their uh, fish fillet sandwich and all that and how it got started. And, and so that's the cool thing is like, you could be like a banker or, you know, a wall street guy or a truck driver and you buy a 1-800 striper and you're going to bring your wealth of knowledge and experience to it and help the whole entire business grow as you're all building equity in the same brand. And that's the exciting part of the community of a, of a franchise. Yeah, it goes back to what Luke was saying about, you know, um, the, the, the type of people we're looking for. We're looking for collaborators, you know, people that are going to want to come alongside each other um, and kind of, you know, competitively, you know, because you want to you, you want to grow and learn and and everything helps the brand. So the you know, the more people grow, the brand grows bigger, the name recognition it gets gets out there. So, yeah, no, that's great. So I have like a two part question. So to change gears a little bit, going back towards like the bones of the business, it's a B2B concept. And it's for people that are not in business to business type situations, it's hard to get their head around it. Can you explain the types of work that you do and how you go about customer acquisition? Either one yeah. of you guys. Um, I don't mind jumping in, Luke, if you, unless you want to. Um, yeah, yeah, either way. All right. So, um, yeah, so a few of the things that we have, we've got the um, restriping. So we're just going up and just painting existing lines that are already there. Um, and then we've got um, some of the, the indoor, the warehouses, like we talked about earlier. Um, you've got your paving and ceiling. So you might go in and you might end up on a parking lot that is been totally paved. I mean, it could be a million dollar project, completely black, and you've got to go in and kind of figure out where are the stalls going to go? Where is the handicap logo is going to go? So um, for us, I, I look at it as we're, we're serving the local business owners in our neighborhood. And um, so we're kind of your neighborhood striping company. And I think it, it can be such a beautiful thing to be able to org help people organize, beautify prop, um, properties and parking lots, and also to be able to serve your own community, your local community. Yeah. So the second part of my question is um, kind of like lead aggregators, like you have third parties that come in and they kind of suck up all the leads. They, they spend tons of money on uh, Google search ads and whatever. Um, does that impact you at all? That kind of thing? Yeah, we are not seeing that in the B2B industry. Um, so I know that there's sort of like that Angie's list and and some different things that some of maybe the home services are are tied to or need to be part of. But for us, it it isn't um it isn't what's happening in the B2B industry. So we're able to keep a lot of that profit and not have to use those aggregators. Mm, that's great mm -hmm. because they could suck a lot of money out of a business. People don't realize that. 
yeah. even like third-party delivery services, like if you're in food and you have mm-hmm. a restaurant, they take so much money uh, from the from the owner of the business. It's it's actually a shame about how bad some of those are. Um, the, I don't think the public really understands that. Yeah. You know, like if if I go, I'm trying to get my house painted, and I go to, I don't want to call out any company name, but by just me putting in my information, asking for um, a, an estimate, and if somebody gets that estimate, they have to pay for it, even if I don't use them, and wow. and it's it's really um, it costs somebody a lot of money to be involved with those kind of lists, if you will. Yeah, and it does go back to the B two B model that um, that the industry that we're in because we're not able we're not having to use those in order to make a sale because our our industry is not saturated. It's a niche business, so you know I, it's hard because I know there's a lot of competition in some of the areas, and not that we don't have competition, but it's just not at the level that it is for some of the other um, home service brands or brands. Okay. Do you guys also get involved with kind of planning out the parking lot, you know, for traffic flow and things like that? Or does the owner of the building say, you know, I want the stalls here. I want a hundred stalls. You're looking at it and you're like, but you can only fit like 50. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes you're walking around with the owner and you're kind of coming up with a plan of um, how to get a couple more spots here or there. Um, But like, you know, Heather was saying, like when they repave a parking lot, if it's an existing parking lot, let's just say they pave a McDonald's, um, you could basically, um, really what they're normally looking for is to put it back the way it was. We call it layout and paint to match existing. So we're, we're putting it back to match the existing lines that were there prior to the new pavement. Um, and you, we, we, we can get that from a satellite shot. And that can so we almost have a blue a built-in blueprint right there on our phone. Um, yeah. Now, if it's a brand new, let's just say they're building a McDonald's from scratch from the ground up, that's a situation where the general contractor or the or the owner or someone is going to give you um, blueprints for that. So you'd have a draw you'd have a drawing to work off of. Okay. So yeah, we're not designing necessarily too much. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious about that. Yeah. I'm curious about another thing. Why do some parking lots have a single line in the stall, but some will have a double line separating the spots, the parking spots? Yeah, well, you're right on. We call them single line stalls and double line stalls. Um, and, uh, you know, I, we've never found any code or, you know, we, we, you know anything like that in respects to, um, it, it, you know, it, you having to do one or the other. I call stuff like that more of a preference. Some people either had it when they, you know, from way back when for whatever reason, and we're, and we're putting it back the way they had it. Um, however, what I found is uh, we work for a pretty large grocery chain in our area and they do double line stalls. And what I find is it actually does center a vehicle in a parking space better than a single line stall. And it, it allows maybe for more room between the doors and possibly grocery carts and whatnot. So, right. and you know what, double lines is uh double profit, I guess you could say, you know, cause we're, we're, we're paying two lines instead of one. So um, yeah. it, it's good for business. But I prefer the double lines because I, I, you know, over my years, you know, as a driver and a owner of an automobile, one thing I can't stand is the dings in my car from somebody else's door because they're just not paying attention. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. That's the worst. And you know what? A clearly marked parking lot 
can minimize that because that's the other thing when the lines are real faded and, and stuff and that that can lead to a lot of that yeah good yeah that's interesting so where, where do you guys see this business like five years from now or even 10 years out Well, I, I think over the next five years, we're, um, you know, we're, we just launched the franchising and um, we're planning on growing nationally. Um, we see franchisees uh, all over the United States um, growing the brand, working together, learning from each other, um, you know, and, and also when we position ourselves like that, you know, to have key, key players, franchisees in different markets and different areas, um, you know, we can turn to the big box stores too. So our model is, is wrapped around neighborhood striping company. You know, you're there to serve your community, your neighborhood. Um, you can be there for them. Uh, you know, I don't want to say on a moment's notice, but if a call comes in, which we get all the time, you, you know, somebody needs, uh, you know, something done in a parking lot, we can react pretty quick because, you know, we're a neighborhood striping company. We're there. We're, we're out every day anyway. Um, but ultimately, when we get to that point where we're well positioned, um, we could turn to the big box stores and uh, also be there to help them out. And Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you get to a certain point, you become just a national brand. You know, it's like there's like a tipping point. And um, and that sounds like what your goal is, is, is to be kind of the first and the last name in parking lot striping. Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, with with people wanting to get into business now more than ever, uh, it makes a really interesting opportunity for someone that never really thought about this kind of business and, and it could be extremely lucrative as a needed service. Um, B2B a lot of times does kind of gear itself toward a recession type of resiliency. So it might be the perfect opportunity at the perfect time for someone. <clears throat> so I think that's something people should think about. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not the type of business you really think about. Um, you know, I, you know, when you're, when you're, you know, when I was, when I was a kid, I, I wasn't, you know, telling my teachers, yeah, I want to be a parking lot striper when I grow up, you know, it's, 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 but it, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world now. And uh, I love the industry and, you know, the, the, the passion has, my passion for it has really grown. It's amazing that, so it's not, I'm going to suggest that it's not a passion for painting and striping, but it's a passion for entrepreneurship and being able to change people's lives through yeah. business ownership, right? It is. And you know what? It's a very rewarding profession too, because, you know, like Heather was saying earlier, you know, they're paving these parking lots or spending that, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for, you know, grading and paving and that sort of thing. And nobody gets too excited about it, you know, and then you put the stripes in and it's just it, the parking lot pops and it really, it's the icing on the cake. That's what we say, you know? Yeah, it really is. And, and, and like, let's face it, the parking lot is the front door of every business or every small business in America, really, any retail business. So um, your parking lot has to be pristine. It, it doesn't have to be, but if you want people to shop, I mean, you could tell, like, you could picture in your mind's eye in your town, which shopping centers are well-maintained, thereby the store is well-maintained, thereby the food might be better in that shopping center. You know what I mean? It's like a subconscious thing in my, in my estimation. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, Tom, you're totally right. Because if a, if a 
a parking lot is tired and the building is tired and the, you know, the there's weeds and things like that. All of that is the front door to the business. I mean, are you going to, you're going to almost think to yourself when I walk into the store, I, I, I should be paying less, you know, it might be some of these other stores that you're like, Oh, it's kind of a discount store. You know, it's the association. And I think you're exactly right. And so um, I think customers that is part of, you know, the focus for business owners is to, to want to serve their customers. And so by, by striping and keeping their lot maintained well and organized, I think is what they're doing. They're ultimately doing. I love that. Not a, so spot on. I want to ask you guys um, if you can if you can answer this question. Um, what's one myth that you would like to bust about your particular industry? Hmm. And if not, if you don't have one myth in that, maybe it's one myth about franchising that you've learned <laughs> that you can spell. Well. I'd probably do better with the myth on the uh, parking lot striping industry. You know, there's, there's one thing, and I don't know if I'd necessarily call it a myth or not, but we have a lot of, um, a, a lot of end users that, um, you know, they think that they, you know, in order to do their parking lot, they've got to have some other maintenance done to it. And uh, they got to seal coat before they stripe and whatnot. And, um, and, and we've, you know, really, restriping your parking lot on an annual basis is, is the right way to maintain a, a bright, you know, freshly marked parking lot. So that's one thing when we, um, when we talk to the customers and we, you know, we get on an, you know, where we're restriping their parking lot annually, they're really happy about that. Absolutely. And I, and I think as a former leasee in a strip mall, you're paying what they call a cam charge or a common area maintenance charge, which is supposed to be paying for the upkeep of the parking lot. So they should be getting the darn thing striped every year. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I've got one for franchising too. Um, as far as the business, you know, a lot of people, um, they they're looking for as many services as they can get in a business. And so they're very excited. Oh, you offer this service, this service, this service. And what we've found is that by focusing on the striping, we're actually able to, to drive down profits, to keep low inventory. And so for us, um, we're finding that that's kind of a niche, even though, you know, I think people will say, well, is there enough parking lot striping to go around? And I'm, I, I just think to myself, as soon as you learn about our concept, you're going to have a hard time not looking at parking lots. <laughs> they're every everywhere. Um, right. And so we had had a vendor we were working with and he was like, listen, I, even on the bike path, I was, I was on the bike path and they're striping. And so it, it's just, it, the more you learn about this business, you realize that it, it isn't, and it isn't just, um, oh, it's only one service. So it can't be enough. You go, oh no, no, no. I can focus right in on striping and, and have a, a successful business. Right. And that's kind of brilliantly said, and and I appreciate that because that I just was talking to another person about this last week. The fact that most businesses are finding that if they go a mile wide and ten miles deep on a concept, it's much better than going ten miles wide and only a mile deep trying to please everybody. Yeah, it, it costs a lot of money to do that, so you're better off having one thing. And like in retail, where people will recognize as, as I say this is you, you see a lot of concepts now that are doing just one thing, waxing, just waxing, mm -hmm. just nails, just hair blowouts, you know, like those right. kind of services that you see on the personal side. Um, that's, it's much more lucrative. Otherwise, 
you got to have all the different employees to service those other things that you also want to bring in and the equipment. And so it, it's, you know, it just gets really, really kind of crazy. Um, yeah. So that's well said. I appreciate that. Cool. Well, I appreciate you guys being on. This has just been a great little tidbit of information on an industry that I don't think anybody ever thinks about. <laughs> so I'm glad that we could bring it to the forefront of people's minds here on the Franchise Academy. So I thank you guys very much for taking the time out to talk to me. I know you're really busy right now, but uh, I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much, Tom. This has been great. Uh, thanks, Heather. Thanks, Luke. And uh, we'll see you soon. Sounds, Sounds good. good. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.